Everyone wants to claim the promises of Psalm 91. They are exceeding great and precious promises for sure. But the word of God says these promises are for those who have established their residence and permanent place in the secret place of the Most High. And those who have established their residence in the secret place of the Most High, they are those who dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. Sometimes we like to be in another person's shadow, but how can that compare to living in the shadow of the Almighty? And to know that the presence and the blessing and the protection and the favor of God is over our lives because we are living in such close proximity to him. So as we began looking in Psalm 91 at these promises of protection, we see that they underscore this wonderful reality that all of us need to embrace. And that is that in this life, we have no reason to fear. Whatever come, what may, there is absolutely no reason to fear for those who are dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty. And these promises underscore the reality of that for us as we continue to look in Psalm 91. And because it's such a wonderful Psalm that I don't think we give attention to enough. I want us to read it together. As we read from the King James Version, you will find it hopefully on the screen. Media, are we able to do that? If not, those of you who have a Bible, you have a smartphone, you can go to your Bible app <laughs> and read with me if you will. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, 
lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So Lord, write your word upon the tables of our hearts today. Anoint these lips of clay as we attempt to share the word of God, for we know it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. And anoint the ears of every listener that we might receive your word into our hearts and be quick to walk in obedience to it for your honor and glory we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Last week we began to look at the first promise that gives us the assurance that we have no reason to fear in our lives. And that is found in verse 3. Surely he shall deliver you. And we love the confidence of the psalmist who declares surely there is no shadow of doubt that God will always come through for his people. This is a promise that he has made to each and every one of us who has purpose to dwell in the secret place of the Almighty. For if we do, we will abide under his shadow. And that is a place of precious protection. So he says, as we look at this verse more closely, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Snares, we know, are traps. And they are traps that are hidden, traps that are disguised so that the victim does not see or understand what it is until obviously they are caught and then they realize that they fell into a trap that if they were more wary and circumspect, they perhaps would not have fallen into that trap. How many of you know that Satan is a master at setting his traps? Do you know that Satan knows us pretty well? And he knows the weaknesses in our lives? And as soon as there is a kink in our armor, that is an open door for the enemy to come in and to establish his traps. He's a master at crafting these strategies that are so often unique to our own personal sinful natures because he knows where our weakness is. But God tells us that if we seek to dwell in the secret place, that he will rescue us. And the psalmist confidently declares this. He will rescue you from every trap. 
I don't care how cunning and how crafty the enemy might be, that when we seek to draw near to God, he draws near to us and he shows us his great salvation. You know what salvation is? Salvation is deliverance. And it's mainly deliverance from the dark enemy who seeks to ravage our lives. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. It's Zoe life. It's life that is full. It's life that is victorious. It's life that is abundant. And it comes to those who seek to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. He will, not might, he will rescue you from every trap and the perilous pestilence. An interesting phrase there. The complete Jewish Bible translates this phrase as a plague of calamities. How many of you know that there are seasons in our lives as Christians that it seems like when it rains, it pours. You're trying to figure out one problem and no sooner does that problem attempt to get fixed that something else comes crashing down on your life. Job certainly is the prime example of that. He was a man who feared God. He shunned evil and yet he was not exempt from the harshest of calamities. The devastation that came to him one right after another in a single day. The problem with these kinds of calamities that come into our lives is it brings us to a crisis in our faith. Because the enemy, you can be sure, is whispering in your ear. Saying, does God really love you to allow these things to happen? For if he does love you, then he must be unfaithful in his promises. Now, you know that's a lie from the pit of Satan's hell. Because God is not a man that he should lie. We make promises and we break promises and we fail in our promises. But when God makes a promise to us, we can take it to the bank. Because his promises, the word of God tells us, are yes. They're not maybe. They are yes and they are so be it to the glory of God the Father. Jesus paid the price in full so that the promises of God can become our personal possession and our personal blessings. So don't let the enemy ever suggest to you that God must not love you or he is unfaithful if he allowed that to happen to you. Now we need to understand something and it's very important that we're clear on this point. That while God makes promises to us, he does not promise that we will never have trouble. He does not promise that we will never have to go through the fire. But did you notice? We go through the fire. We don't perish 
in the fire. We go through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't remain there. We go through it. And maybe today you're in the midst of some really difficult season. And you're wondering, why am I going into this season? What is this all about? I just want to encourage your heart today to know that you're going through that you are going through, that the captain and leader of your salvation is going before you. He is leading the way, and the fire shall not kindle upon you. You shall not be burned. Yes, even in the face of COVID. And I know some people found it very, very ironic when before Labor Day, I introduced this sermon series. And then that week, Kathy and I came down with COVID. God is so good because he was preparing our hearts. And I believe I said on that Sunday that there are experiences in life that God allows but he's bringing us through. And we can declare the promises of God that even in the midst of COVID, God will deliver us. He's a faithful God. And I would be untruthful if I didn't tell you that I had some grave concerns when after I came down with it, Kathy was tested, and you hear that, you hear that report after you get that test. Yep, you tested positive. You have COVID. And my wife has some health issues like chronic bronchitis and asthma that we know is really serious for those who get COVID. But guess what? God protected her, and while we had many symptoms of COVID, not for one moment did Kathy have one minute of respiratory distress. That was the protection of God. That's the faithfulness of the Lord. As I was preparing this message, I was reading about John G. Lake. Any of you ever hear of John G. Lake? Some of you, some of you Bible scholars, yes. He was used mightily of the Lord, and God gave him a gift of just healing. And there are just myriads of documented healings that took place under John G. Lake's ministry. He got this revelation one day from the Word of God, that when I saw for the first time by the Word of God that sickness was not the will of God, Everything in my nature rose up to defeat the will of the devil. Don't you ever for a moment think that God created sickness. A good God doesn't create sickness. Sickness comes as a result of the fall. Sickness comes as a result of Satan being the prince and the power of the air. Sickness comes because of our sinful natures not a holy, benevolent, loving God. Now, I know some of us can get confused because we say, well, if God is God, why does he allow sickness? God is sovereign, and in the same way that he allowed, he did not author COVID, 
He did not ordain that Kathy and I get COVID, but in his sovereign purpose, he allowed it for his honor and glory and for our good so that we could stand today and say we had COVID, but God delivered us. And God is a good God. And God is a merciful God. And God is a faithful God. And there has not failed one word of his good promise. Let me tell you a little bit more about John G. Lake. He uh, felt called in the early 1900s to go to Africa as a missionary. And that was at the time the bubonic plague had broken out. And if you know anything about the bubonic plague, COVID is like duck soup. COVID is like a summer cold. Because the bubonic plague, people were just dropping over in the streets. They didn't know what to do. People were dying left and right. And people said, John, why are you going there to minister? You're going to die. Didn't you know that the bubonic plague broke out there and people are just falling over? Well, guess what? John G. Lake, because he knew his God. And what does the scripture say? Those who know their God shall do exploits. They are mighty in God because they are mighty in faith, not in their own faith, but in faith in what the faithful God has declared in his word. And in spite of being in contact with people who came down with a bubonic plague, it never touched John G. Lake. Well, there was one scientist who really was just befuddled. How could it be that this man is not getting sick? So he took a live sample of that infection, virus, whatever you want to call it. He put it on John's hand. He knew it was live, and when he put it on John's hand and looked at it under the microscope, the virus was dead. John believed with all of his heart on the authority of God's word that no disease could touch him. Now, I know that some are going to be quick to ask if that were true, then why have some Christians perished from COVID? The answer the simple answer to that question, based on what God says in his word, if you are truly God's child, then your days are numbered. And I know none of us, none of us want to see anyone succumb to COVID. But if they've succumbed to COVID, we need to understand that that doesn't mean that they left this world in defeat our reality as believers is that no matter what happens, we win regardless of our circumstances. We win. We are more than conquerors. What does Paul say? Neither death. Not even death. Death does not defeat us. We are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. There was a preacher I listened to early on when this pandemic first broke out. Forgive me, I can't recall his name, but I remembered the mantra that he adopted in this season. He said, if I don't catch it, God covered me. And there are some of you sitting in this church today, you can rejoice because God has covered you. If I do catch it, like Kathy and I did, God is keeping me. And we're so grateful to the Lord. But if I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. 
Is that defeat? To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And while our hearts grieve and mourn over those who have gone on before us, if we could have any idea of the glory that they are experiencing in the presence of God, we could not in a million years ever wish them back. And they would be really mad at us if they knew we were wishing them back. Why come back to this sin-sick world filled with pain and agony and suffering and heartache and disease and sorrow and depression and despair when you could be in the presence of God where all of that is gone? And Jesus is all the glory of heaven. What I want us to lay hold of this morning is to shift our focus away from fear away from anxiety, and to galvanize our spirit on what the Word of God says. He shall deliver you from the perilous pestilence. And as we make the secret place of the Most High our dwelling place, we can rest in these promises. He shall deliver you. How is he going to do it? Let's look at verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. I love this beautiful picture that the psalmist is painting. It's the image of a mother bird protecting her chicks under the cover of her wings. She hides them there and she would take the full force of any attack that came against those chicks. And nothing could touch them until it touched her first. And my friends, is that not just such a beautiful picture of what God did for us on the cross? He took the full force of the blast of the wrath that was due us so that now we could be under his protection. Now we could be under the precious blood of Jesus Christ, knowing that we've been cleansed from our sin, knowing that we've been forgiven, knowing that we've been made to be brought near to God. And now we are no longer enemies or strangers or foreigners, but now we belong to the household of God and we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Nothing can get to us without going to God, through God first. I love a similar promise that we find in Psalm 57 where David says, have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. Where's your refuge in the time of storm? Is it in the Lord? I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until this disaster has passed. COVID still isn't over, but I want you to know that there is a place of refuge. There's a place of security. And if you get it, he will cover you. You will take refuge in the shadow of his wings. I love the Passion Translation in Psalm 91 and verse 4. His massive arms are wrapped around you protecting you, you can run under his covering of majesty and therein hide. Remember being a child and finding a hiding place 
especially if your parent was coming after you to discipline you. Johnny, where are you? Can't find me, I'm under the bed. There's something about security and peace when we're in a hidden place where nothing can get to us. It's under his wings. Well, how do we come to this awareness of his presence and of his protection? There's a clear answer for us, and it's actually in this verse. Listen carefully. We find it when we lift the metaphor of being under his wings. That's a metaphor because God obviously does not have wings. What was the psalmist alluding to when he said we find shelter under his wings? He says, it's the wings of the cherubim resting on the mercy seat. That's dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. We know that where the cherubim was and the mercy seat was, that was in the Holy of Holies, where God's very presence dwelt. And you and I, because of Jesus, we have an open invitation now to come boldly before the throne of grace to find mercy and help in our time of need. And in that place at the mercy seat, we commune with God. We call it prayer. Do you understand what's happening when you pray? You're in God's presence. The CEO of the universe is giving ear to the cry of your heart. The creator of the heavens and the earth is giving his focused attention on what the cry of his child is. And we come into that place of prayer and it's a place of peace, it's a place of protection, it's a place of security. There is nothing like being in the presence of God. It's hiding under his wings. And I also love the second part of verse four, which is the third reason not to fear, because we have the truth of God's word. His truth shall be your shield and armor. You know why so many people have succumbed to fear over COVID? Because they've had their eyes and ears glued to the TV and the radio. And the only thing the TV and the radio has done during this pandemic has been to fear monger. And we've said it that more dangerous than COVID is this plague of fear that has paralyzed and crippled so many people and sadly even children of God. Rightly does the scripture say, fear has torment. But, 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 the perfect love of God casts out all fear. I can honestly say, when we had COVID, and it's a miserable sickness to have, it really is, but we had the peace of God. We had the peace of God. I don't know how to explain it. We had the peace of God. 
Our children kept calling. Dad, how's mom doing? They weren't worried about me. How's mom doing? <laughs> Mom's doing great. We have the peace of God. We are under his protection. Why? It's the truth that becomes our shield. When Paul talks about the armor of God, he says, take up the shield of what? Faith. How do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need the truth of God to arm our minds so that when all of this garbage comes against us by the news media that has an agenda, a political agenda, we could shut it out and say, no devil, I'm not believing that. That's a deception. Here's the truth. And I'm clinging to the truth of God's word. That's my protection. That's my shield. And so when the fiery darts of the enemy are coming against me, they're just bouncing off because I've got my shield up. And that shield is truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. We need the word of God hidden in our hearts. And that brings me back to the challenge that I mention every time I'm, I've been in this series that we will either make God's word the rule of our life and believe it and stake our lives on it or we will listen to the lies of the enemy and then succumb to defeat, discouragement, despair, despondency and everything else that the enemy wants to throw our way. But when our life gets grounded in the truth this is what the psalmist says in verses 5 and 6. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Wow. A lot of reason to fear there, isn't there? Well, how do we live above all of this fear? We counter it with the word of God. We arm ourselves with the promises of God. For what does the word of God say? God has not given us the spirit of fear. Say it with me. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Let's personalize it and say it again. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Do you believe it with all your heart? Yes, we need to declare the word of God. I will say of the Lord. I just don't believe it in my heart. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. I will say of the Lord. He has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power to defeat the fiery darts of the enemy, power to defeat the fearful thoughts that come into my mind, power to defeat the anxiety that wants to upset me and rob me of my peace and rest, power to defeat a mind that is, can't rest, but God says he, he's given us a sound mind. Do you know, you know this word is medicine? 
Do you know that if you, if you take this word into your heart and it's not reading black letters on a white page, it's taking it in. Ah, oh, how, how much does the psalmist speak about meditating on that word? Chewing, it's, it's chewing the cud. It's bringing it up into your memory over and over again. It's, it's what the word of God says in Joshua 1.8. It doesn't depart out of your mouth, but you meditate therein day and night so that you make your way prosperous and you have good success. This gets into your marrow. You, you know, the marrow is where your blood is made and that determines the healthfulness of your body. I'm not saying never take medicine, but th this needs to be the first medicine that we believe in, that we receive, that we honor, that we prioritize, for when we do, we shall experience the healing and the presence and the peace and the protection of God. No fear, because you will not be afraid. Now, he does not say the terror of the night will not exist. The terror of the night exists. The arrow that flies by day is there. There's pestilence that stalks in darkness. Destruction that wastes day at noonday. It's there, but it doesn't say you will succumb to it. It says you will not have to fear. <laughs> That's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to consider that the whole world is going crazy in fear and there is a remnant of people who dwell in the secret place of the Most High who live without that fear and anxiety because their trust is in the name of the Lord. Did you notice as I just said, these are real threats and they happen at all times of the day and in every season of life. You know, we don't graduate. You say, I've been walking with the Lord for 40 years. Wow. That means that, you know, I, I live above sickness and I live above this. And I, No, 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 no. Our faith is stronger, hopefully, after walking with the Lord for 40 years to defeat the assaults and the attacks of the enemy, but they still come, but we are victorious in the midst of them. There is the terror of the night. You know, the nighttime should be a, a time of rest, but when fear assaults us, it becomes instead a time of torment, and how many there are who lie awake at night in worry. There's the dark of night, but that is just not nighttime it's the dark of the unknown the dark of what's going to happen next but let's remember we may not know but there is one who does know and i love how psalm 121 points that out to us the one who does know is the creator of the heavens and the earth and what does the psalmist say about how this creator of the heaven and the earth occupy himself? He who watches over you. That's his occupation. He's watching over those who are dwelling in the secret place. 
he will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Therefore, the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. Do you know what that means? That God works the night shift so that you could go to sleep because he's lying, he's awake. So why do both need to be awake? He says, you're my child and I give my beloved rest. You could sleep in peace and you need not fear. This verse in the Passion Translation, don't fear a thing whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Jesus wants to bring us peace. Jesus wants us to cast our cares. You know what cares are? There are anxious thoughts. There are fears. There are concerns that keep us awake at night. There are the things that gnaw at our spirit. How, how's this going to get fixed? And how's this going to turn out? Jesus, come, he says, as he invites us. All you who are weary and heavy laden, you're burdened down with the cares of life. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. As we look into our hearts this morning, what are those fears? Can we identify them? And can we allow ourselves to let go of those fears and to give them over to Jesus? Cast, throw them onto Jesus. Another translation is roll your cares onto Jesus, for he cares for you. As we close our service this morning, I want us to sing again, I'm no longer a slave to fear, because I am a child of God. That message needs to get into our spirit, it needs to burn into our hearts, that we acknowledge that as children of God, we have a heavenly Father who cares for us, who is watching over us, who's protecting us and taking care of every need in our lives. So let's stand as media prepares the song for us. Sing it as a declaration of faith.